It is 11.07. Glad to have you with us. It is Froster Buns Friday. So if you've got a topic you'd like to discuss, feel free to bring it to the table. We'll chat about it. Uh, boy, we've got a lot of stuff that we brought to the table as well. Um, uh, you know, Brian, I'm having a hard time remembering to call Twitter, which I, who, a name that I always thought was I don't stupid. think anybody has <laughs> changed their uh, vocabulary to... X. Yeah, X. I, why would you call it X? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess Elon thought that was cool. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's strange. I don't know why I don't uh, quite get it. Um, it Biden is uh, finally uh, understanding why it is that his economic message on Bidenomics isn't resonating uh, the stories of the Washington Examiner. We'll try to get to it this hour. In the meantime, let me get uh, Joyce on the line because she called in very quickly. Joyce, welcome. How are you? Good morning to both of you. Thank How you. are you all? Doing very well. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Is it legal for a restaurant to charge a fee for something that you're not getting? You, know, you, you, you buy your food and you pay for it and you yeah. have to pay taxes. We all know that. Yeah. If they tack on another fee for employee health care fund, is that legal? Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. It is legal? Yep. Why would they do that? You know, it might be just the cost of Obamacare. I don't know. But, you know, did they tell you in advance that was part of the fee? No, they did not. And I, I, I guess I shouldn't mention the restaurant that's doing this. I don't know if there are any others. There's one that I know for sure. A friend of mine went to this restaurant last week, and she didn't notice it until the next day that there was this charge, and it says employee health care fund. So she paid for her food, she paid the taxes, and she paid an extra. And I think it's based on, on how much you spend on your meal. Just like taxes, and they do a certain percentage of what you spend on your meal for this health care fund. You know, I, uh, I, I was very quick to say uh, that it's legal, but if they don't let you know that they're going to do this to you, if this is a surprise, at the, you know you're going to pay X number of dollars for the food. You know you're going to pay whatever fee taxes uh, might be involved, but you don't know that you're going to get a, a surcharge uh, for the uh, cost of health care. Yeah, I mean, why should I pay? Why should I be helping to pay for you personally, your insurance? Well, it's or anybody's it's, insurance. I That's would argue that it's perfectly okay for them to do that, provided you know you're going to make that, you know, you're going to have to pay that. I, like, I, I question doing it without um, some, some notice somewhere. Can you can you um, look at the menu and see if there's anything? Um, I don't know. I, I have never eaten at this restaurant, and, and I won't eat there for sure. Now I was going to eat there when my sister and brother-in-law come to town next, but I won't now. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'm not paying for other employees' health care insurance. Why should I? Yeah, there's a, a story here. Yeah, I just don't know what it is. And, I mean, off the air, I can tell you the restaurant, you can search it. All right. Uh, we'll put you on hold. 
Okay. And Brian will get the information, okay? Okay. All right, Joyce, hang on. Brian will put you on hold. You tell him the name of the restaurant, and then we'll we'll do some uh, some homework. Um, tell you how quick Brian is. Uh, he came up with a story at uh, from the Today Show. Uh, restaurant customer says she was charged five percent employee health fee, causing an outcry. Healthcare should be covered by the employer. One person commented on TikTok: "These fees are getting out of hand." See, I, I think they have every right to do it, but they have to tell you, I would think, before they do it. A woman's viral video about a surprise fee on her restaurant bill has ignited a debate on social media about whether or not customers should bear the financial burden of the staff's health care. Um, this woman, Ashley, shared a story about a recent, uh, a recent trip she made to a restaurant she frequented in California. While paying the bill, this Italian restaurant in Sherman Oaks, uh, she noticed a charge on her restaurant bill that she didn't recognize. The weirdest thing just happened to me, she said in her TikTok, which has uh, apparently gotten it, uh, a ton of views. We got to one of my favorite restaurants, she says, uh, adding that uh, she's been there multiple times. We enjoy our meal, we get a check, we pay for our check, and as we are, like, singing, uh, uh, signing the tip stuff, we notice something. The video then cuts to a photograph of her receipt, showing that she and her friends dined, uh, you know, rather rather nicely, and then toward the bottom of the receipt, there's a $4.75 charge for employee health, excuse me, employee health. 5% 5% charge for employee health. Um, immediate thought is, what's employee health? What does that mean? Um, she ran through a couple of conjectures with her friends at the table before getting ready to go, and then asked the restaurant what the charge entails. As we're walking out, I go up to the hostess. I'm like, hey, quick question, just curious. Um, the 5% charge... For the total amount of the bill, um, she, she wants to know what it's all about. Oh, that's our health care, she says, before pausing to give a quizzical stare into the camera. My reaction was, your health? Your health care? Yes, our health care. She said she'd never heard of a charge like that before. She had no idea. She wants to know if it's normal. I don't think that it is. I've never been to a restaurant that I, where I saw that. If you were the owner of a restaurant and you wanted to collect fees for health care for your employees, wouldn't you just raise the price of your products and, you know? Yeah, well, one way or the other, you'd be paying for it. I understand, but I mean to put. <laughs> this but it's misleading. Thing the, yeah, it's, it's misleading wow. to say this steak is going to cost you twenty bucks, um, and then say, uh, but on top of that, we're charging for health care, so it's twenty five dollars. That's uh, I think that's misleading. I I I I would I would challenge that, unless it's on the menu. Did you get the name of the place and don't repeat it on the I air? Did, Just, yes. Uh, uh-huh. Do they have a website? Uh, yeah, I can go check it out. See if there's anything on the menu that says we charge extra for uh, 
health insurance. You know, whether they add it into the price of the food or they break it down separately, uh, it, it's, it, it, you know, it's going to cost you the same thing. But I think they have to tell you in advance. I don't think they can spring it on you. Uh, let me see what Chris has to say here. Chris, good morning. How are you? Morning, Gary. How are you, sir? I am well, thank you. I think you honestly just answered it for me. I've never owned a business or anything, but don't we pay for their health care anyway in the price of the menu item? Yeah, but it's misleading. You go there because you think you're going to get a $20 steak. Ooh, that's a good deal. Uh, then you uh, buy the steak, and then, and then they hit you with the uh, additional cost. I think that's misleading. Instead of just marking up the steak 5%. Right. And then sell it that way. I see what you're saying. Okay. You answered right. my question. Thank you, Terry. All right, Chris. Thank you. Quick break. We're going to come right back. I'm going to look into this uh, now that I know who it is, and we'll see what the, what the story is. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. It's 1119. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. We had a caller uh, complain that uh, she'd gone somewhere or somebody that she knew went some, to this restaurant uh, in central Missouri and uh, that there is a, a service fee for health insurance for the employees that was tacked onto the bill. And I said, if they don't let you know, you, you, you know now you got a problem. So she, uh, off air, told Brian the name of the restaurant. I went to their website, and I looked at their menu. And it says, and I quote, All checks include a 3.5% service charge for the employee health care fund. So they're, they're above board. It says it right on the menu uh, that that's what they do. Uh, I'm not going to uh, mention them. Uh, it's not my job, but I will tell you that if you go out to a restaurant, look the menu over and and see what it says. Because in, in this case, they point it out. So it is it is legal. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572 or go to GaryNolan.com. Let me get uh, Joseph in this morning. Uh, Joseph, welcome. Welcome. Hey, uh... How you doing today? I'm I just well. Got a, uh, a response to the lady that uh, you just had on there uh, about the restaurant fee. Yeah, I can remember years ago. Uh, I worked for a company that you know we took orders and shipped things out, had our own delivery truck and whatnot, and fuel started going up drastically. So we either had to uh, add that to all the prices, or and we chose to. Just have a uh, uh, fuel surcharge mm -hmm. added to the bill, and to, to be honest with you, I think we should just add, add it to the prices because everybody complained about paying that fuel surcharge. You know, never had to pay for shipping before, and this and that and the other. But uh, you know, the customer is going to end up paying for it in the end, regardless of what the cost is. Definitely in the end, insurance fuel. Pardon me? Yeah, definitely they'll pay in the end. Yes, yes. We are now. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as you know that there's going to be a surcharge before you buy because you could be drawn into a, a, what you think is going to be a good deal. Right. Wow, they're only charging so many cents, you know, so much per gallon. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you find out that uh, there's this surcharge on top of that, which makes it more per gallon. Yeah. Uh, then you're being ripped off. So as long as you know, as long as they post it somewhere... It's legal. Well, this is, exactly. The, the business was trying to be honest about it and show that on the customer's bill, you know, 
this is where the added cost is coming from. It's not the product that's going up. It's the delivery fee from uh, the extra expense for fuel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, as some, long as they let them know in advance, it works. All right, Joseph, yeah. thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So President Biden's message on the economy doesn't seem to be resonating. It, 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 try though he might to tell us how great Bidenomics has been. Um, and his uh, specious argument about inflation, he's brought down inflation. Actually, inflation is up. That's why it's not resonating. I'll go into the details of this in just a minute. Uh, but on a Froster Buns Friday, I go to the phones for Gary. Yeah, so earlier in the week you were talking about some kind of a registry that they made when you commented on a Trump post or something on social media and that they had, had gotten some kind of a log as to keeping track of everybody that had done that. And I got to thinking, you know, it, it's bad enough that you can't make an anonymous political contribution. You went uh, foggy there. I don't know what happened. There you so go. that the the idea that you can't make an anonymous political contribution has caused me to not want to make a political contribution because I don't want retribution down the line because I supported a particular candidate. Yep. Yeah. That's my thought. Well, that's exactly right. Um, they'll come after you. That's that's one of the problems with campaign finance laws. And I've argued this for years. I hate campaign finance laws. It, it's my money. If I want to give it to Brian, I don't have to give you all the information. If I want to give it to Brian, and I, and I don't, uh, but if I did, it'd be my own business. Here, Brian, here's ten bucks. Go hey, buy. A, go to go to lunch. <laughs> uh, here's a quarter. Uh, call someone who cares. I I. Don't see why my political contributions need to be recorded. And the problem is... Well, you might be, you know, donating to the wrong cause or party. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, that'll make it easier for them to identify me. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one more thing. I trust the government. (sighs) (laughs) That's, uh... That's going to haunt me for a long time. It it is, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be in the archives forever. Would you please explain the context of that statement? What context? Uh, No, it's just, you know, you had an epiphany one day, and you just came out and said, you know what? I trust the government. And I was like, man, I I don't know what happened to Gary, but... Uh, it was a long and fruitful uh, uh, work uh, friendship, but it's done. <laughs> We're done. We're enemies now. I'm going to be recording in my end too. Um, President Trump or President Biden has been running around telling everybody about Bidenomics and how it's so good, and it's not resonating. And there's a reason it's not resonating. There's a difference between slowing the increase and reversing. Or ending inflation. You know, we, the, the, uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, the Feds want 2% inflation. That means that every year they want to rip you off 
for 2% of whatever cash you have. This shouldn't be the case, you understand. If we didn't have a Federal Reserve and we weren't printing money and doing all the nonsense that we're doing, your dollar would go further every year than the year before. Prices would come down, um, money would hold steady, and instead of your dollar being worth 98 cents at the end of the year, your dollar might be worth a dollar two. It might have more spending power. But because of the national debt and the spending in the Federal Reserve, it, it depreciates. And they're, they're content for you to have 2% inflation. We're just going to rip you off two cents on the dollar for this, you know, for this year. If it goes beyond that, well, we, we got to do something about it. And it continues to go beyond 2%. Now, granted, it's not where it was uh, a year ago, but it's still higher. And it's cumulative. And I, I, I guess um, Biden just doesn't quite get this. But if it was 5%, and then on top of that, the following year you added 4%, and the following year you added 3%, that doesn't mean things are getting better. Altogether, uh, you'd be looking at, what, 7 8% inflation between three years ago and today. I, I'm not looking at the exact numbers. I'm, I'm rounding. But you'd still be looking at paying thousands of dollars more a year to survive. Now, you may get a raise, but will you get that big a raise? Well, apparently not. So Biden can run around telling us, oh, I've got inflation under control. I've controlled it. He has not controlled it. It continues to go up. It goes up even more than the Federal Reserve is willing to tolerate. And it's been cumulatively added on to the preceding year's inflation. The cost of products is not going down. It's simply just not going up as fast. He can preach Bidenomics all day long. And I love how the Democrats treat this. Well, um, you know, um, they just, people just don't understand. They just don't see what we've done. They, they're just not appreciating what we've accomplished. Because you haven't accomplished anything. You're telling people, don't believe the misery that you're living in. Don't believe the fact that you're, you know, you, you can't afford to, to gas up the car and buy food and, and uh, get the, the Christmas gifts for your kids that you wanted. Just ignore that. Forget that. Don't, don't pay any attention to that. But people, people are, you know, sensitive to the amount of money that uh, they're spilling out uh, as the result of the inflation. And that's why it's not resonating. He can talk till he's blue in the face about how he's gotten inflation under control and he's done such a terrific job. He talks about all the jobs he's created. Oh, I created more jobs than any Republican president. He presided over the end of this, you know, COVID-19 deal where the jobs came back that had been artificially eliminated or put on hold. He didn't create those jobs. Democrats will lie to you constantly. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Just saw a story, Brian, over Citizen Free Press. Apparently, the environmentalists got it wrong again. I know you're shocked. I you am. You're, you're stunned. You can't believe it. Uh, but apparently, in this side of Ohio State University, uh, there is a uh, Professor Sean Downey, uh, who uh, is a professor of anthropology at OSU. And you know how we always heard about uh, you know, the slash and burn of the rainforest, and it's it's bad for the rainforest, and oh yeah, all the environmentalists are uh, opposed to it. Well, it turns out it's actually good for the environment. Uh, they. They, I think they call it Swidden. Uh, somebody needs to raise some crops. They'll cut down a, a bunch of trees, uh, burn the lumber, and, and till the soil, and, and, and grow their corn. And they'll do that for a few years, and then they'll move on to another area, and the trees grow back. And apparently, this is good for biodiversity. And it's it's good for the environment. So, all this time... These um, environmentalists have been screaming about how it's tearing up the rainforest and it's it's uh, it's got to stop. Uh, it, it, it's apparently not bad at all. Uh, they got drones. They looked over all this land. They they took some. Uh, uh, they used uh, drones that flew uh, real close to the top of the uh, overstory, and the sensors were able to capture these high resolution uh, pictures. That you can't get from satellites, uh, and it'll let uh, it'll let these researchers get uh, a very fine grain analysis of the biodiversity, and apparently, we got to keep doing this. When you have a mature forest, the large trees create a canopy that blocks sunlight from getting to the forest floor, and that keeps other plant species from growing. What Swidden Agriculture does, that, that slash and burn uh, that they do to open up a, a chunk of land and, and uh, uh, do some farming, uh, it opens a, a patch of forest land that lets the sun shine in, and it lets other plant species take root and grow. And when that happens, you're, you're increasing diversity in the forest, uh, which they say is a good thing. By the way, this happens naturally, too. Apparently, when, you know, you have lightning and hurricane and other storms uh, that'll tear up a forest, it's accomplishing the same thing. So, in addition to Manhattan being underwater, uh, the uh, uh, polar ice caps being completely melted, um, people... Uh, finding uh, America uninhabitable unless they live up north in, in uh, North Dakota uh, and all the other th things that they said would happen. Um, this is wrong, too. Wow. who I can't believe they'd be wrong. They've got such a record. I'm shocked. I'm stunned, too. All right. Uh, Gary is on the line. Good morning, sir. Yes, good morning. I'm a... Uh observe this and you've communicated about education and I think a good comparison with our education system it's become entirely like the way big cities are governed and the point is they they enable they facilitate they let them steal the kids are stealing time they're not doing their homework they're 
they talk back. They're proficient in, in cussing, talking back, getting bad grades, not being held accountable, being entitled, and the results are the same as the big cities. And until they make kids and their parents accountable, which they don't do in big cities either, they're going to learn squat. And it's just going to waste taxpayers' money, Gary. They need to be scrapped. I've been arguing this for years. So welcome aboard. Yeah. Government schools are not effective. Unions dominate them. They don't really care as much about the students as they do each other. What did we find out? What was the cost in Columbia, Brian, per student? Uh, 18, 20 grand a year? I believe that's accurate, yes. You could go to college on that kind of money. Oh, the public schools say, but we take all these students. Well, maybe you shouldn't. It's the same mindset. It's the same identical mindset as cities. They're busy... They're busy teaching you how to have anal sex and how to how to put on a condom and how to engage in oral sex when, in fact, they haven't accomplished teaching kids how to read and write and perform arithmetic. Government would, schools suck canal water. That would take time. That would take effort. All they want is the kids are a commodity. And if they come to school, regardless if they learn or not, the teachers get paid, yep. administrators get paid, and they're happy. All right, and Gary, thank you. Good point. By the way, I want to make sure that I, I raise this distinction because somebody is going to call for sure. Uh, not all teachers are like that. All unions are like that, but not all teachers. There are some teachers who really want to do the best they can to really care about the kids. And I know those exceptions to the rule exist. But it is just that, exceptions to the rule. What, a, what a, an abysmal failure. And you know, even FDR said that governments, uh, government employees shouldn't have unions. Because you can, you know, literally uh, blackmail the public. There should not be government unions. Uh, I don't think that uh, all the unions do horrible things, but unions in general and government employees shouldn't, they shouldn't connect. FDR agreed, uh, said that, and I agree with this. About the only thing FDR did that I agree with. 874-9390-800-529-5572. 10 Republican-led states have passed universal school choice since 2021. Uh, they're uh, lagging in the South, apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, some states haven't done this. Lawmakers, uh, many Republican lawmakers are teachers' union allies, and they're likely to need... Uh, likely to need uh, to be defeated in primary elections for school choice to pass. Republicans against school choice have largely couched their opposition by asserting that rural schools, rural areas, have few private options and need strong public schools. 
It's a flawed argument, the Wall Street Journal writes. Since university, uh, universal school choice would create new private options and spur competition. But I'll tell you why else that's a, uh, a specious argument. Because if you're in an area where there is no choice, then your kid's going to that school. And they're not getting... It's not like you can take that money and not get your kid an education somewhere else. It doesn't matter. You can't, you can't make that argument. It doesn't, it doesn't stick. In addition to the, you know, hey, now that there's money available, somebody will come create a small school and, and compete. If there is no school to compete with, then where, where are they going? They're not going anywhere. But that is the crux. It's that it will create competition for government schools, and if there's one thing the unions don't want, it's competition. That's why they're so anti-homeschooling, and and they're so, uh, you know, uh, afraid of any competition. They don't want it, because it'd be easy to show them up. And, And it's the Republicans who are part of this, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Texas, Teachers unions and their allies are throwing all kinds of money to oppose school choice. They don't want the competition. You concentrate on teaching the basics and not all that other stuff that I talked about earlier, like how to wear a condom or how to engage in different types of sexual behavior. You concentrate on arithmetic and spelling and reading it and civics, those kids are going to go somewhere. They're going, to, they're going to be successful and in huge numbers. But when you start taking tons of money, thousands of dollars, 20 grand in Colombia, are you kidding? To teach kids and, and not do a particularly good job? Can you imagine in the private marketplace how quickly a company would go out of business with the success rate that government schools have, not to mention the astronomical cost. And you, and you can't stop them from getting the money. The money will flow because the government's forcing you to pay for it. Pathetic. Quick break. We're going to come right back and wrap it up. It's uh, Frost Your Buns Friday on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Frost Your Buns Friday. It is 11.51. Glad to have you on board with us. Um, boy, I got, I've got still got tons of stories here, Brian. And I've only got like five or six minutes left. We should go another hour. Tell Glenn to wait. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I can make could, that happen, yeah. I think we could do that. Uh, let's go to the phones. Chris, good morning. Hey, you were talking schools. And I'm always amazed at the mass amount of money that they have to blow on stuff, and they're always crying for more money. I heard one on the news the other day, and I want to say it was around Philadelphia, but uh, they're having trouble coming up with enough bus drivers, so they came up with a plan that they're going to pay the parents to take their kids to school and bring them home. So if you take them to school and you pick them up, it's 300 bucks a month. Wow. Deal, huh? And, That's and, pretty and good. If you're going to a school... It seems like half the parents are driving their kids to school anyway because they don't want them riding the buses, which are mostly empty. And I thought, yeah, and here's another, you know, we're crying for money, but I'm sure that's a lot cheaper than maybe, you know, you always talk about maybe contracting with some bus company that can come up with drivers, you know? 
Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. You know, part of the problem is uh, too if you if you try to transport people in any state, you have to get special licenses and pay special fees. Um, hey, you're talking like one of those dang libertarians. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, Chris. Thank you, buddy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I had a friend of mine when I was up in New York, um, and, and I was, uh, I, I think we were we were talking about something along the same lines of public transportation. This friend of mine uh, told me that she and her boyfriend had come up with a uh, private transportation uh, alternative to the government-run system. And she'd been making a living, and a good one at that, she and her boyfriend, picking people up and taking them where they wanted to go. So she wasn't on welfare, she wasn't getting food stamps, she wasn't, you know, a burden to society. They would get up every day, they'd gas up their cars, they had a list of clients, they'd pick them up and drive them, uh, and the word was spreading, and they were really... The two of them were, were doing a great job. And the state went after them. The state went after them because they needed a special license. And a special fee had to be paid. And then there were regulations they had to follow. And they, they literally, the state shut them down. See, that's the problem with government licensing anything. Well, you know, you might have a car with bad brakes. Somebody might die while they're right. Well, great. So if you're, I'm driving down the street and you're hitchhiking and I pick you up, the same thing might happen. But you don't have a law against that. It's not a concern for the safety of the consumer. It's a way to raise funds and limit competition. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to pick anybody up that's hitchhiking. You wouldn't be able to give anybody a ride. Well, we're, we're afraid that uh, your car might malfunction and uh, something might happen. Somebody might get killed. So you can't do this for a living. Or you can't do this for free. It doesn't make sense. So here was somebody who was productive. They were making money. They were taking people from point A to point B. They were picking up a head of steam. And in comes the government licensing regulators and they killed the business. Just hate big government. They've, what they did, and this is what the left traditionally do, is they take away choice. You could ride with a regular taxi cab company, and they'll have to jump through all those hoops and pay all those fees, and, and you, you'll, you'll pay more for your ride, but you'll have some sense that it's a secure ride, safer ride. But if you're a little thin on money and you want to save money and you wanted to ride with this, uh, this couple, this uh, friend of mine and her boyfriend, they don't jump through all those hoops. They don't have all those government permissions. You save a ton of money. You get to decide. You have choice whether it's worth the risk or not. Big government and progressives who think you're too stupid to make those choices... Make your life more expensive. We always talk about the bus system here in Columbia because it, it's, it's a waste of money. You could get rid of the bus system in its entirety tomorrow, save millions of dollars, and within a month, 
an alternative transportation system would develop on its own if the government just got out of the way. It would be more efficient, less expensive, and just as safe. Instead, we just we have these big government bureaucracies and, and government regulators that make competition nearly impossible. In fact, you wouldn't even have to get rid of the bus system. You just get rid of some of the uh, state and local uh, regulations, and people in Colombia would come up with alternatives to the bus system. And instead of having like uh, 75 people a year drive ride on the damn thing, there'd be nobody. And there's a system that's so flawed. There is a, a system that is so poorly run that they, they can't get people on the bus for free. How long has that bus system been free, Brian? Two years? Three years? Uh, since uh, COVID. So a good three years, four years. I don't know exactly when it started, but it's been years. You can get on the bus in Columbia for free if you choose to. And you don't. They can't give it away. How embarrassing. Quit taxing people. Just the money they save on the taxes. Uh, the cost I've got of, it. I've got it. Why don't oh. they just pay people to ride the bus? So don't charge. Don't even right. give it away for free. Reward them. Yes. What do you think? And, well, you know, they could make the argument, Brian, and this is what terrifies me. That it's worth it, they would call it an investment in fighting global warming. <laughs> yes. By providing this incentive and getting people on the bus instead of driving their own cars, we will uh, have uh, less CO2 in the air. Oh, my God, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I got I, it on tape. Oh, geez. Now, now of course, uh, somebody's going to use that and, and do it in no, Columbia. people would never do that. No, not much. <laughs> Listen, we got Glenn Beck coming up, and Sean Hannity is going to follow. Uh, then Randy Tobler will be on board. That's your ride home. Can't go wrong with that. Tomorrow morning, it's Gary on Guns uh, from 8 until 10 a.m. And don't forget, Sunday morning, really, uh, this is uh, Columbia Buzz. It's Como Buzz. It's actually the same. It's Mike Murphy. You'll want to listen to that, too. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day, Carpe Diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.